Welcome back at very long last to the Anti-Gamers podcast. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampvo. I'm the editor-in-chief of Anti-Gamers.com. And uh, who's with me today? Who is with you today? It is... At sign QX20XX. Also known in real life as David Estrella. So this episode is a little weird because uh, we haven't really recorded much of anything in a long time. Like and, nothing at all. And I've been on, on the Crunchycast, so I've been doing like a different podcast, seemingly abandoning any gamer's podcast to just die by the wayside. But I've actually really wanted to bring it back and was planning to do something with it before Crunchycast started and then Crunchycast got in the way. Uh, but David and I figured we can sort of try, I don't expect anybody to trust us to do this right <laughs> because I've screwed up so many times, but try to, to revive it a little bit. We're planning on doing, uh, one episode every two weeks and pretty short stuff, about a half an hour, David and I just, uh, talking over what we've been watching and stuff. And we'll see how we can make that not exactly the same as the crunch, the crunchy cast, but with David instead Honestly, of Victoria. We've, we've set the bar so low for us now that exactly. if we were to even just fail this, that would be actually... That'd be something of a of a monumental undertaking for you to manage to mess this one up. And I almost certainly will, but uh, <laughs> that's the that's sort of what will keep everybody watching or listening every week is uh, to see if Evan is so awful that he can even screw up one half hour episode with no predefined structure every two weeks. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, I didn't actually like prep any. This is what this is going to be like. I didn't actually prep is going to be the beginning of every episode. Uh, I didn't prep very much in the way of like notes about like news or anything. But is there anything other than just what we've been watching and playing that's like worth talking about that happened recently? Oh, in nerd stuff. Well, uh, other, than, other than like real world stuff, like the the awful stuff in Paris, which just happened yesterday. Awful stuff. Well, uh, can we talk about awful stuff in anime? We can talk about awful stuff that's far less depressing than the real world, yes. You know, I was really, actually, really surprised about that. Um, you, you read about that uh, that drug use case with the Kill Me Baby VA. She got caught with cocaine. I didn't read the details on it. But what, it, it's kind of, um, it's like cocaine is a big deal like weed weed in japan is like the equivalent of having heroin in the united states so when you, you bring up cocaine it's like <gasps> yeah exactly it was a big it was a big thing and i guess uh i guess it really enlightened a lot of people over here like that did it just didn't know how strict the laws are over there in japan related to anything with drugs yeah I mean, you get a lot of the um you hear a lot about how like you know, in Japan, like, oh, everybody's so friendly and you feel so safe. You only feel so safe because the law is ultra strict. Yeah, exactly. So just remember to not bring anything illegal into that country. Because they can actually detain foreigners for whatever reason. And you don't have to let you go for like three weeks. So if you can afford to lose three weeks of your life in Japan, uh, by all means. But I am not going to recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard about that. Yeah, if you're caught with like even a little bit of marijuana, especially if you're a foreigner, you're in huge, huge trouble. Like, who even knows like how she was caught? Like, apparently it was a very small amount in her home. Like, it wasn't even like on her. Oh, okay. And what? Like, there wasn't evidence that she used it, or was there? Oh no! And then later on, like, she had to actually have a a test run on her 
to check right, if she had right. any like in her system, and she did. And what's really weird about it as well is that you've got the effect that it has on your career. Basically, your whole career is over. Like right. you just you cannot work anymore in what you do. As opposed but, to in in America, where if you're caught doing drugs, you're just like you're ah, just it's like, another celebrity. Ah, uh, yeah. And then yeah, you're just right. like you know you're just this really cool human wreck. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, like it's we, we look at it at that angle. But no, like what they do in Japan is that they actually scrub you out of existence right, if they catch right. you doing anything like that. Yeah, including including sex. Like if you have sex, if you're like an AKB pop idol. Oh, you're, you're oh they'll like shave, your, shave head. your head. They'll, they'll make you, you gotta apologize. You got to go to a concentration camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. I might have made some of that up. Like no, half no. of that <laughs> is made up. The rest of it's real. <laughs> Which no. half? No, but I think that's just, it's really awkward when they actually have to like remove, like they actually just retroactively remove your entire body of work because of this one incident. Mm. And I mean, maybe, maybe you can make a comeback. Like it, it's not entirely unheard of that you know somebody gets caught on a drug uh, on a drug charge and then they eventually have a comeback in like a few years probably not going to be the same but still it's yeah. uh, it's going to be a tough situation <laughs> it sounded like quite a, a gamble she went through sort of like the kind of gamble you would you would make in new vegas in fallout new vegas the video game that i'm currently <laughs> I, playing i saw your face on the video <laughs> and i knew you're going to make a transition or like a really <laughs> Go on, go on. I'm not going to dwell on it. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, I've been playing Fallout New Vegas just in time for Fallout 4. Not just in time. You're like Actually, way... right after Fallout 4 came you out, know, yeah. When I when I saw that you had been playing Fallout New Vegas on the notes, I actually thought like, wait, he actually played Fallout 3 before this? I thought we would have... Because I know it's you. It's you and I just... I suspected that you would have wanted to play Fallout 3 before going on to New Vegas, before going on to 4. Because that's just you. <laughs> I already played 3, Yeah. A okay. while ago. Okay. It's the only Fallout I've ever played. I thought we were going to have like another uh, <laughs> Mother Earthbound situation yeah, exactly. where you have to like start from the very beginning, like several decades after the originals came out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, permanently no. in a state of catching up. Yeah, and it, I, I do that even with like <laughs> like things that are inspired by other things. So it's like, oh, I can't watch Utena. I have to watch Rose of Versailles, but I can't watch Rose of Versailles because I have to watch Princess Knight. <laughs> Just this like progression that I have to follow. It's dumb. I'm a crazy person when it comes to cartoons and video games. But anyway, I'm playing Fallout New Vegas for the first time. And uh, it's interesting. I haven't played a Fallout game or like an Elder Scrolls game in a while because I didn't play Skyrim. And I've just been out of the loop on video games since Not even college. in Oblivion? I played Oblivion. But played that a was bit a long Oblivion. time ago. All long right. time ago. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't remember how much of what happens in like new vegas just in terms of the design of it is uh like similar versus different from three but it it was a weird feeling playing through it because i was like uh, i you you whatever you actually don't come out of a vault but you get like shot and uh you're this doctor patches you up and you're like all right now i'm back in action and uh it it feels kind of like sparse when i when the world starts out which is not how i remember any of these games working i feel like you always get like 
thrown out into the world and you get given a main quest to do. That feels like the, the same... big draw for a lot of Bethesda titles. It's just like, oh, the world is enormous. It takes yeah. me like three days to walk from one end of the map <laughs> to the other. It's like the major selling point, no matter how broken these things are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they often are kind of janky. Even like, I love Oblivion and Morrowind and Fallout 3, but they were all a little bit janky in terms of just they like were hella mechanics janky. and stuff. Yeah. But the weird feeling in, in New Vegas is like you you emerge from this doctor's house and you're in a small town where there's not actually very much to do and it feels weird considering like i remember oblivion and and fallout 3 i seem to remember that when you kind of emerge from like the dungeon in oblivion or from the vault in fallout 3 you're given the main quest but at the same time you're presented with so many other options that you can just go off and do those and i felt like i was kind of grasping for stuff to do at the beginning of the game like all right well there's a tutorial i guess i'll do that because i got nothing else to do like there's this other quest sure and then i finished that and i was like i guess i'll just walk toward another town until now, how something far have you happens in this thing uh, i don't know if you played new vegas so i don't know what is familiar mm, to you from it but no i played mainly just fallout 3 and even then like, i didn't finish it okay. like I, I got 20 like 20 something hours into it and didn't finish it but i felt like I like really tired myself out because I'd played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Oblivion. Right. And it just, they felt they they felt like they went on that same idea, you know, Definitely. like enormous world with a lot of things thrown in, and sometimes these mechanics don't really work all that well. But go do something. But from what yes. from what it sounds like, what you're telling me, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to do in New Vegas. Not yet. Part of the problem, I think, um, I don't know. Fallout Three did this too. But it's that like the main city is not you don't start in the main city you start on the outskirts and then like you don't start in new vegas you start in this small town and you will eventually get to new vegas so i'm not at new vegas yet presumably there's a ton of stuff to do there but it 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 actually feels more like a wasteland sometimes than fallout 3 did which is like more accurate because you just walk around and you're in the desert and there's nobody there Right. And you occasionally run into a couple of people who might, you know, shoot at you or something. Uh, but I'm only a couple hours in right now, maybe like three hours in. Oh, you're basically nothing then. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe, it might just be I'm like, I'm impatient. You know, maybe I was more patient when I played Fallout 3 and now I'm just kind of like, give me the real game. Why do I have to wait this long to get to it? Uh, but yeah, it's just I haven't really run into like options. You know what I mean? I keep. Mm -hmm. I keep having only one thing to do at any given time. It's like, do this one quest or just leave and go find another town where you can find another quest. As opposed to being presented with five different things and be like, oh, yeah, boy, you know which one of these do I want to do? That, well, that's probably the problem of having played so many other, well, not so many other, but a few other Bethesda games in the past where you kind of start to see the structure underneath it. But like the first time I picked one of these games up, it felt like, oh, my God, where am I going there's so many things to do. I can't concentrate on all this on all this stuff. But maybe maybe New Vegas seems a little bit more linear now. But also, you don't get that feeling like. I mean, do you get that feeling that you're in this immense world that you won't be able to just cross in like a few seconds? Not really, actually. I think the world seems kind of small, but I haven't I haven't seen very much of it yet. So maybe it's bigger than it seems. But looking at the world map, it looks like it's relatively small. It's really just a single city and the outskirts of that city, like a couple nearby smaller ones. And those I'm smaller actually, cities are pretty pretty tiny. I'm actually wondering, because like, I don't 
I mean, New Vegas came out a while ago, and I didn't really follow the development, or like I don't remember what the development for that was like. But it sounds like you're kind of describing an expansion pack that was just sold on like a full-on game. Do you remember it, it, expansion? It runs packs? on the same engine. <laughs> yeah, it runs on the same engine. So uh, I guess that re- makes sense. Do you remember DLC before it was actually DLC? I don't remember physical expansion packs actually. What what games had that? Half Life games. Uh, oh, I never played Half Life. Uh, Sorry. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> really? This is mm-hmm. this is actually news to me. You have not played a single Half Life game. Never touched them. Yeah. Well, I don't want to put more things on the pile. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the pile right I'm now. Not, I'm not even going to bother. Just... I have a PS4 in the mail, so now I got all the PS4 <laughs> games on the pile, too. <laughs> Finally. Uh, oh, yeah. no. But I don't know. Vats is still cool. The combat system from Fallout 3. Was... Really? I, I felt like it was a lot of bullshit. I like it. I don't know. I, I don't know, because, like, you know, you get, like, like point blank and you're trying to get a headshot on the guy and you still miss or you still don't like point. do any effective damage early on i'm getting that feeling but i remember in uh in three after a while you your stats get good enough that you can like count on the shots more and it also like i feel like it just for me as someone who's not very good at kind of like twitch uh gameplay and first person shooters where i have to be like super accurate in very quick amounts of time right mm-hmm. i like the fact that it can be used to be a lot more thoughtful about like picking off enemies where you kind of like all right target just their leg or like shoot the gun out of their hand and then go over to the next guy right uh so that stuff is cool but it requires you to have the stats to be able to hit things accurately because yeah, <laughs> otherwise see, you're, yeah. you're looking at like 20 percent hit chances for hitting somebody's arm or something even like you're right next to them like yeah that's the that's the one thing i didn't like like even you know if i'm in a situation where like realistically i would have a very good chance of really destroying that part on the guy you know and i'm still getting what like 16 percent accuracy yeah you you might as well just do freehand at that point or like whatever the (laughs) term would be for that just do a normal first person shooter style like aim down the sights and shoot yeah yeah I've done that a couple times at this point, like with in close quarters stuff where it's like 80% chance of hitting him or I could just aim at him and yeah. shoot him Yeah, where I know I'll hit him. Yeah. But I, I, lo- I love the idea of like crippling enemies. That's one of the cool parts that comes with vats is the idea that like there's particular and you can be crippled, right? So there's like mm-hmm. the, the limbs have their own health. So you can like hobble this guy who's chasing after you and he'll move slower because his leg is, uh, is crippled. I mean, I guess at some levels above, like, Call of Duty-style auto-regenerate health, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's still one of those systems that doesn't... It feels like a good idea that that wasn't really realized all the way, but that's just kind of the whole philosophy behind anything in a Bethesda game. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. Everything seems <laughs> slightly just half-assed, yeah. like, a cool idea that wasn't fully realized. It, honestly, it's like going to, like, a really cheap buffet where you can just get a lot of food, but you don't really know where it came from, and you don't know how long it's been sitting out there for. Yeah, like, combat that doesn't quite feel as good as a game that's all about combat, dialogue that's not as smoothly put together as, like, a Mass Effect game or something, right? Like an actual book. <laughs> or an actual book. But I mean, I mean the dialogue system, right? Yeah. Like, Every component of Fallout, I feel like, is done a little bit better by somebody else, but they're all <laughs> mashed together 
in a kind of cool way. And hey, I mean, you know, maybe that idea does appeal to you, and it clearly does. I mean, if you've been li- like listening in on like the, I guess the hype for Fallout Four, I, w- I would hesitate to even call it hype. I think people are a lot better. Uh, <laughs> I think they expected more. Uh, this is the Fallout New Vegas uh, chapter of this podcast. I don't want to get into Fallout Four. Eventually, yeah, yeah eventually, eventually like I'll in, probably play like it five on my years. Four. Five yeah. years when we're doing episode number 100, we can talk about that. So before we get into the thing that we both have seen, mm. it looks like you've got something. Well, I've seen it, but something that you've been watching. Uh, I've been watching and actually caught up and finished. <laughs> Bradley Bond and Philip Ninja, Ninjat Morzez's masterpiece. Ninja? Is that what you call him? That's how I pronounce it, because there's an at ninja. sign in the ninja. Uh what what are we talking about, David? What you didn't can, say the title. It, it it's clearly Ninja Slayer <laughs> from animation. That's right, Ninja Slayer from animation. Um, gee, I don't know, like, cause did you finish it? No, I actually did not stay up to date with it. Which is honestly, this is gonna sound has hey, it impacted th- your life? So here's here's a good uh, here, here's a good time to put my disclaimer in that I work for Crunchyroll. Hello. Uh, take everything I say about anime with a grain of salt. That said, I got really used to watching Crunchyroll shows on the Chromecast, uh, along on like Netflix shows and stuff because they're the both you know support Chromecast, and it's a little bit of a barrier to entry sometimes to actually have to go back to my computer and open up a streaming Jeez, video site and, and watch like, something and on Funimation. And you're even wearing your Crunchyroll sweater. I am. It's like how 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 deeply like. How deep does that bond go with your company? <laughs> they were you, like you physically are incapable of actually watching anime from non-Crunchyroll sources. Well, I watch stuff on Netflix. That's the thing. It's oh. it's it's entirely just like that. The Chromecast is just kind of whatever for whatever reason. It's mentally easier for me to just kind of like plop down on the couch and put something on. Uh, so when I have the PS4, it'll probably be because they have a, I think they have a PS4 app for Funimation. So I'll probably be more likely to watch some stuff on that app from them. Not once it's mm. like in my living room uh but yeah it's entirely just the mechanics of that because I've, I've enjoyed ninja slayer it's not as good as inferno cops but it's yeah actually it's not got since, some since of the said, appeal since you said that i feel like now i can like safely you know get all everything out of that i felt about ninja slayer ninja slayer feels like it took some of the, like the best jokes in inferno cop and really stretched them out way yeah. beyond way way beyond like the point where it's like the point where it's like you you get the point where it's funny you get the point where it's funnier you get the point where it's not funny anymore and now you get to the point where it's just performance art yeah i felt like every joke like a handful of jokes this is like not like a variety of jokes in ninja slayer but it felt more like it felt it felt like i don't know like what how like if i like said like ninja slayer felt like a capital e experience would you understand what I mean? I think so. Like the performance art thing, that it's more about this, just like, like you had to be there. Like it's just not like, like the fir- first of all, it starts out hilarious because everybody expected this thing to be like beautifully animated and not everybody. Well, maybe not everybody, everybody, but me and some other people who who like, were like figured on, yeah. what was going on with this. So and then you get Infernal Cop. <laughs> Then you get the right. Inferno Cop animation out of but it. But slightly more animated. Slightly more animated. They're a little bit articulated sometimes. Slightly more animated. 
and like you know they're ninja slayer just does a lot of things i think really great like i think its existence is i'm perfectly fine with it existing Mm-hmm. But oh man, it's it's a test to recommend to anybody to really like sit down and seriously watch it. Because first of all, there is no seriously sitting down and watching Ninja Slayer. It's only right. fifteen minutes per episode, but I felt like even that dragged on. Yeah, and Infernal Cop really benefits from how short it is mm-hmm. because like, it's yeah. it doesn't overstay its welcome, right? It's just like it's so ridiculous, but you can't just be that ridiculous forever. Mm-hmm. It has to be these like quick little chunks of stuff. And yeah, so then like it, Ninja Slayer definitely overstays its welcome by like maybe a factor of five, seven. Like you know, if we're going by like the Inferno Cop two minute, that, that, like that two minute is just that sweet spot. I think for it's anything perfect. like it's this, it's why Take You, it's why Take You works so well yeah. too, right? Like, like you if, can mm-hmm. do Take You for like a half hour episode. It would be insane. So yeah, like you know, even though Ninja Slayer is only fifteen minutes and it's only like twenty something episodes, it's still it's a bit of a grind. I feel like it's kind of in the wheelhouse of straight title robot anime. Yeah. Where they're both sort of... Actually, in in the same sense that straight title robot anime... Like, straight title robot anime is to Gouda Gouda fairies what Ninja Slayer is to Inferno Cop. Mm. Where there's the one that's, like, Mm -hmm. really kind of out there and funny and and pretty accessible if you, like, put it in front of the right people. Uh, And then there's the one that takes that to a logical extreme where it just becomes... It's funny that it exists, but it, none of the jokes maybe, are actually funny. Yeah. Just not not wholly pleasant to experience. But, right, right. But 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 I will say that that final that final episode of Ninja Slayer just kind of made a lot of things click. Oh, okay. I've heard head. good things about the last episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, like, experience Ninja Slayer for yourself. Don't expect to enjoy all of it. And there's definitely like a point in the middle where it's like turns takes a serious turn. Yeah. It's hard to take seriously, but it still tries to. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it just goes on to some subplots, and they're not engrossing like at all. And there's still like to be something of a joke because like Ninja Slayer will show up and like somebody will explode in that same <laughs> stock explosion. <laughs> but I mean that's that's what I mean. I definitely I definitely do not regret watching it just on the basis of the final episode and getting up there, getting to that level. Right. And also the music is cool. It is pretty good. Back in Brack, time to dust yourself off. Oh, love it. <laughs> Every I single actually mouse, really, I really like that band. Sunset Srovi. <laughs> it's, it's really the, bad. Yeah. It's the same band that did the uh, Runaway song in the Zamudo or whatever the hell you call it. Zamudo. Zamudo. Yeah. Gazammed. Exam. Examed. Examed. <laughs> That was a stupid title. That was a really doesn't really it have bad like idea. exclamation points in it too? It has uh, an apostrophe. It's X A M apostrophe D, I think, or maybe X apostrophe A M D. Nobody knows. <laughs> anyway, we both watched Ghost in the Shell, the new movie. Oh, okay. Which, wait, to wait, be wait, clear, wait. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. What's that? What do you got? <laughs> is it is it actually Ghost in the Shell, the new movie, or is it new Ghost in the Shell, like new Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> I think it's literally <laughs> Ghost in the Shell colon the new movie, which is really confusing because that's also what you would just call it if you were talking about it in conversation. You'd be like, did you see Ghost in the Shell? Which one? The new movie. But it's like, that's also literally the title. Yeah, it was it was very confusing for me because I got 
actually I got the soundtrack for it and I'm trying to look for it in my uh in my music player and I'm like what the hell is it called it's not under ghost in the shell it's not under new ghost in the shell and it's like it uses like I think like the actual Japanese uh kanji for like new ghost in the shell or whatever the hell it's called yeah huh so I guess in maybe in Japan it's like shin whatever ghost in the shell. <laughs> <Atarashi>. <laughs> uh, so it's like a a sequel or like conclusion to arise or something like that which is the, also like a new sequel to the old old movie confuse it's really confusing where it situates is, oh yeah yeah yeah. Arise I, didn't, is a I didn't actually prequel. watch uh arise me or neither like standalone complex or anything my only experience oh. with ghost in the shell is definitely going to be just the ghost in the shell movies the bamuro oshi movies oh i didn't realize that i thought you had seen more of standalone complex so I my saw just the one episode like the first episode right. of uh, Standalone Complex. My experience with Ghost in the Shell is actually pretty similar. So I've seen the first movie, parts of the second movie, but not the whole thing, a couple episodes of Standalone Complex, and then this movie. Mm-hmm. So but no Arise. New Arise. Arisen is what we could call it, perhaps. Arisen. <laughs> arisen. Ghost in the Shell Arisen. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I think I would have understood this movie more if... I had seen Arise, and some people confirmed that to me, that the main villain in it, which isn't much of a spoiler, that the, like, clear rival to Motoko at the beginning of the movie is the main villain. Uh, she is uh, a recurring character in Arise, apparently, even though she's established in the movie as mm-hmm. if she's, like, a new character that they have to, you know, give you enough information about. But that partially explains why things didn't make sense but also the movie is just super fast-paced and throwing all these different like politicians and companies at you and i'm like who's doing what yeah who's paying who to make robots for who well i mean i i think i would be i would prefer to be confused in the oshis having like a philosophical fit (laughs) in the script confused rather than this like where it's more of like uh oh there's a lot of you know terms and a lot of characters being thrown my way i didn't feel that lost I okay. feel like they tried as well as they could to, you know, make it so that people who didn't watch Arise could actually follow along. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was just really paying attention, but I'd certainly felt like it didn't help when, you know, certain characters would show up for a little bit and then turns out they were super important and then they die. And I'm like, oh, oh, that was important. Oh, let me get, let me get caught up. Right. I had a lot there of was, that. Yeah. yeah. There was just, there were too many th- threads and even like by the end of it there's these characters that look like side characters Uh, a couple times there's characters who look like side characters and it turns out that they're like actually important and the final fight at the end of the movie is with characters who seemed like they weren't that important having not seen a rise Mm -hmm. i mean it was clearly they were set up that they were going to fight motoko at the end Mm, yeah yeah oh yeah but you mean like, the mob right <laughs> that like well, the, that like mob of just all these guys i don't even yeah. know where they came from but they clearly knew uh, yes i think, clearly I think if, if we had seen arise we probably would know who those people are i assume they're like their old unit or something right yeah and also the i mean we're spoiling it here just so everybody knows but the the fight with them turns out to be the big final battle when in reality like the final battle should have been with her <laughs> like old friend rival person Mm. but that but that fight is like completely thrown in as an afterthought it's like oh yeah we had to put that in like it oh yeah the way (laughs) the way it's timed is actually comical like people in the theater were laughing because it was just out of nowhere it's like hey we're fighting now ah cool we got her 
Like, oh, wait. But well, we already... No, the, the, the real climax, I thought, was the uh, when they're, like, storming outer heaven or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> basically. That's totally what it was. Like, they basically storm outer heaven and they take out all the geckos. So that, that was... exactly what it... That yeah, was really taking cool, out geckos. actually. Yeah, it's like, a, that, like, yeah, it's like the, the ghost the ship that, like, nobody's yeah. piloting it. But there's yep. clearly people in there. I don't know what they were talking about. It's like, That's it's not even thing. a ship, I don't know it's, like, it's it like docked or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, there were a bunch of really cool set pieces and a couple scenes where, like, the investigation, when I could follow it, I was like, oh, that's kind of clever and cool how they, like, mm. they they pieced it together in an interesting way. Like, like the pacing the, was good. When they're, like, going through the uh, explosion. You remember yeah, that scene yeah. where they're, like, trying to, like, retrace, like, oh, this is, these are all the objects in the room that were, yep. it, when the explosion happened. And that, that was, like, really cool. Like, I like when Ghost in the Shell does that. Like the detective work, kind of mm-hmm. like piecing together, finding who the culprit is for something rather than just shooting people. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. also kind of cool because like Motoko oh, yeah. is just like this presence. She's the, the best. Yeah. I mean, the action scenes with everybody, but like especially some of her action scenes were really, really phenomenal. Yeah. And that's like part of why I can forgive some of the dumb stuff in the script. Or it's not even dumb. It's just like the some of the convolution mm-hmm. in the script because... It's paced really well. It just kind of like keeps moving and keeps developing the story, even if it's doing it like too fast with too many variables. And it's just really fun to watch them fight every time. Because I feel like Ghost in the Shell is always really good at having these like unique methods of combat, like the, the mm-hmm. camouflage and the the kind of interplay between human bodies and robot bodies. Like, you know, Motoko can have most of her limbs blasted off and still keep fighting, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or she, like, gets some upgrades. Like, she's, like, Mega right. Man or something. And she's yeah. just like, oh, I gotta go take on Dr. Wily now. Like, storm, yeah, the, just, storm it, that, it, like, big building. I don't even know what that building was, but... Which one was that? Oh, like, yeah, the, when uh, she's going... The Dr. Wily thing, yeah, where she... Yeah. That's, like... I think that's the place that built her or something or I, uh, something like that. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing. But yeah, I just I feel like the I'm I'm a big fan of any time that you have a character who's like effectively invincible because or at least like most of their body is invincible because it allows you to have characters who are just really uh they throw themselves at a problem without any concern for their yeah, own did, physical well being. Like she just like really really like rushes into any situation just like with no yeah. regard for her you know own well-being but she takes care of it exactly and i mean that's the that's the appeal or one of the many things that's appealing about the final fight with the like the think tank or whatever in uh the original movie right is she like destroys her body to win the fight she rips her own arms off and i i do i do appreciate that you were the one to mention the original movie because where i mean like where where do you stand like you seem to have enjoyed the new ghost in the shell new movie to an extent, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I enjoyed my time in the theater. I kind of wish I understood what was going on. I probably would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Because there's that, and uh, but you know, for me, what the new movie does is just make the old movie that much better. Yeah, it, it's much more in the style of like standalone complex, where mm-hmm. it's it's more about the. I I feel like it's a little more grounded, almost in the sense. That are more like character based it's more just about like a yeah. bunch of interesting characters solving a problem which is fine it's enjoyable but it doesn't have the same uh like there's an appealing pretentiousness to the original there, ocean the ghost thing, in the shell right i actually i just i put on the original ghost in the shell movie before i'd seen the the new one that's in the, in the theaters and 
I hadn't seen it in like ten years, and I was just, I was I was in a out in a completely different frame of mind going into it now. And I'm just I'm blown away at like it's, just it's, it's such a carefully constructed movie, right? Like there's everything like a, there's is, a mystique is, to it, yeah, and it's just it's so it just weighs in on every single scene. It's, and, it, and yeah, that's like the very different thing is is that the new Ghost in the Shell stuff I feel like generally is fun and sometimes very mm-hmm. smart, but it doesn't have the same presence that that original yeah, does. Like, where just for, in every single one, shot, the yeah. framing, the music, right? Just like everything is, it's impossible to kind of like, the characters just don't seem actually that important when you're looking at like this world that just... It's hard to describe what it is, but like the presence of how that all kind of comes together mm-hmm. is kind of captivating, you know, like similar to like right. Akira when I rewatched Akira recently and it's just like, oh, I liked this before, but rewatching it, it's like just it's impossible to look away from how everything is so carefully crafted in every single shot of this movie. <laughs> all right. And that's probably just, you know, the nature of how, you know, things were done back then where everything was very meticulous. Right. This, I when when i heard that it was a movie i figured you know it wouldn't have looked like an anime like and new the new movie definitely just looks like anime like uh, yeah, just like a long tv in terms episode of shot composition yep feels a lot like a long and it's nice very and it's TV very clean episode. and i thought that yeah. ghost in the shell was anything but clean grimy yeah it's a very it's a very dirty looking city mm-hmm. in terms of art direction i think, and stuff. I think the yeah. only uh, I wouldn't say like evolution, but like the only thing that's different that I feel like really matches up to the original is probably the uh, the uh, soundtrack composition for the new movie. Like, cause the new the old movie has like the, the all like the chanting and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a lot of the weirdness, which I feel is very appropriate for that film. It feels and, very alien. And the new one is a little bit kind of, it's weird but it's definitely as clean as the this ghost in the shell is which is something else that i liked right but you know i'm just i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty divided <laughs> yeah it's i mean if you compare it to the original i i don't think it holds up very well but there's been a lot of stuff since the original that has sort of changed the expectation right? for like, what ghost in the yeah. shell is so the oshi stuff is kind of the anomaly at this point yeah <laughs> So it's maybe not fair to compare other things to it. I feel like standalone complex is now the kind of canonical thing that people compare Ghost in the Shell stuff to, mm-hmm. for good reason. Because what I've seen of it is very, very good. I can imagine. Like I just, like this. I feel like this is you know like commercial Ghost in the Shell, and then like yep, oh yep. she is Ghost <laughs> in the Shell before Ghost it was in the cool. Shell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is very art. It is very much like a like you know an art gallery or something like there's there's aspects to it that are just meant to be like appreciated and not always enjoyed on the same level mm. the same kind of like visceral level of like that was a cool action scene though there are cool action scenes and stuff mm-hmm. in the original right yeah and also there's no nudity in the new one that's true but just... wait but speaking of mm-hmm. we do need to call out that the it, it's really dumb a different kind of fan service but uh i was sort of grinning ear to ear when they did the callback to the opening scene of the original Ghost in the Shell at the end. Mm, yeah. That was kind of awesome. I mean, that was kind of nice, but I felt like they really... Rel- like, to do that callback, they had to go and rely on you know what made Ghost in the Shell really amazing, which is that right. phenomenal opening sequence to the original Ghost in the Shell movie. So yeah, yeah, it's nice, but I feel like that just... 
you know, makes it all the more certain that, you know, they wanted to connect it to the original movie because they understood that that's like a really fantastic movie. And it's I, that's also I mean, that's a really good example of what that movie does so well, the original, because that's an action scene. But it's also like I just feel like Oshi is more he's he's much more careful about the composition where it's like there's a lot like the, the staging kind of makes very, very clear what is the most important image at any given time. And if I'm just kind of thinking back about like the new movie, there's a lot of really good action scenes with some very good like choreography and mm-hmm. stuff going on, right? And the t- the timing's very good, but that opening scene in Ghost in the Shell, just the way that like Motoko is the complete center of attention, right? And the mm-hmm. way it's all shot is like, or even just the the fight with the the guy out in the water where she's like got the the camo on mm-hmm. later in the movie, like scenes like that, just kind of put this really good frame on what's going on, where you you have this thing that's there's nothing, there's mm-hmm. no extraneous information to pull you away from like See, a really, really yeah. central action going on, right? Yeah, like I got the feeling that go- the original Ghost in the Shell movie was just, it's really packed with information. But what it is, is it's not like this long take on what this world is. It original Ghost in the Shell movie feels a lot to me more like a glimpse, like mm-hmm. a really like just vivid, like one image of yeah. this world. Yep. And then it's done. It's a really short movie. And the new movie just feels like you're in there for way too long, and you don't actually take out a whole lot from the world. Yeah. I mean, sure, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I feel like you're in there for way too long, and you don't get that onslaught of information like you did in uh, Ghost in Shell. You do get a different onslaught, though, like the, all the politics that are going on. Yeah. But, it's not the yeah. same thing. There's also, I mean, there's just a kind of fan service appeal to seeing the team come together. Do yeah. You know I mean? Although I don't know who those other guys are. Yeah, they're they're all characters <laughs> from Standalone Complex, I think. But it's it's kind of cool that they're all like, oh, I don't want to work with Aramaki. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys will be working with Aramaki. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. <laughs> or like the Toga says the new guy, and they're all making fun of him for being this rookie. Yeah, he like fires off like three shots in all of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff is cool. Also, they at the very end, her hair her haircut is the oh, right haircut. Was, that was perfect, though. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> They like she she grew out those dumb short bangs that she yeah. has for the movie, and now she looks like the correct Mojo. You know, I feel like, you know, that I feel like those were like really just done on purpose because a lot of people hated the uh, the new yeah. designs. I did. I thought I got it's used right. to it as I was watching the yeah. movie, but it was definitely not you know that iconic look that she's got in the uh, the that classic haircut. Right. Right. All right. I think we talked this this thing to death. Uh, the. The, this body in the shell has now become a ghost in the shell because we talked it to death. Ugh. Thanks for listening to what may in fact be the first of many episodes of the Annie Gamers podcast where we try to keep this format up, making this, I think, episode 50 of the Annie Gamers podcast as a celebratory kind of thing because I was holding out <laughs> on officially declaring an episode number. Uh, but yeah, I guess this is going to be episode 50. So it should thanks be for listening. One. Or episode one of a new beginning for the Annie Gamers podcast. Annie Gamers, the next generation. Yeah, I may decide that in post. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so if you want to send us an email with a question and we will read it on the show, you can email us uh, at podcast at anniegamers.com. And I guess I'll try to get that directed to you, David, so you can see them. Though we don't really get very many, which is why I'll probably also start opening up for Twitter questions next time we do a show. And you can find me on Twitter at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. And Annie Gamers is at sign Annie Gamers, A-N-I Gamers. And 
And Davis you can find not, me on Twitter. Shut up. At sign QX20XX. He doesn't post anything. His account is locked. He's joking. I will it's see bad. Your, I will see your uh, request to follow, though. And that's what counts. And he won't accept it, but he will look at it. He'll just <laughs> stare it down. <laughs> you can find more information on antigamers.com slash podcast. That has show notes and links and whatever. I just am not lazy enough to actually post. I'm not doing like show notes with time codes anymore. Forget that because no I rules. Have to, I, no rules. I have to take down as many barriers as possible to me actually posting this. <laughs> so you may just get no show notes. Who knows? It's a tough love. It's what the new Andy Gamers podcast is called. I love you guys, but I'm uh, I can't afford to actually love you guys. So <laughs> not for long. If you want to uh, show us your love for the Andy Gamers podcast, I guess go to iTunes. And you can subscribe there, and you can also review us. If you hate us, just don't go. Just never open. Don't iTunes. even post. Don't even. Don't even think about. Install us. iTunes. <laughs> don't even think about us. We have a blog, AnnieGamers.com. It's about anime, manga, and video games. I write for Otaku USA magazine. In addition to that, and I also co-host the Crunchycast on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll.libsyn.com is where you can find info on that, or Crunchyroll.com/slash/Crunchycast. Both of those. It's on video. It's cool. Uh, it's what the kids like. Yeah, it's what the kids like. They like the the anime. We, this week, we talked about whether anime is cartoons. It is. It is. That's the spoiler. <laughs> anime is cartoons. We should have warned them. <laughs> they weren't ready for that. All right. Thanks for listening. And yeah, let us know if you like this. And we're going to try to keep doing it. Thanks, David. Catch you around. Bye.